Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hey, what's going on? What's up, Buttercup? I'm grateful. Honestly, I'm grateful. I'm pumped to record this episode. We're going to talk about cancel culture, mob mentality. We're going to talk about keeping people accountable. We're going to talk about drama channels. We're going to talk about hatred online and these online bullies and fights. And we're also going to talk about progress. I know there's a lot to make sense of. It's quite overwhelming. It's not that healthy, but by the same token, there's some of it that is probably really good for society. There's some of it that creates progress for sure. And I'm just trying to make sense of all of it. And I'm just happy that you're here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for having an open mind. And I hope that this is helpful to you too, because I think all of us are seeing this onslaught, this change in social media. I did an episode on this topic on Build Your Tribe, kind of related to how business folks and influencers, et cetera, need to relate to this and how to handle it. But I just got such an overwhelming response that I, I want to do one here on The Shaleen Show. So thanks for listening. And if you already listened to that Build Your Tribe episode, this is a different one. I mean, it's in that same vein on that same topic, but I've also had a lot of discussions with y'all about this in my DMs and with some friends and also my friend, Dr. Michaela, psychologist, and her observations that I had not even considered. Okay, so I just want to dip back into the subject. Thank you for being here. Let's do this. Let's start off first, though, with some positivity, some praise for a company that I love, and that would be My Soul CBD. They are sponsoring The Shaleen Show. Freaking love these guys. I love this company. I love their products. If you're looking for a quality CBD that has zero THC, now some of you like a CBD with THC. I personally think that's up to you, but if you're looking for one with zero THC, that is third-party lab tested, then mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shaleen is the place for you to try it and get 20% off. CBD helps to calibrate your central nervous system. I mean, you hear everybody talking about it, but what I love about My Soul CBD is you're going to find lots of different products and be able to choose the one that's been specifically formulated for what it is you're trying to address, whether that's anxiety or inflammation or to be more alert and more awake, to go to sleep and sleep through the night, whether you are looking for gummies or a tincture, which is like an oil dropper you put underneath your tongue, or if you would prefer to do capsules, I do all three. MySoulCBD.com forward slash Shaleen is where you want to go to get 20% off at checkout mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shaleen for 20% off. Okay, I promise we're going to get to the content in just a second, but it's a deep, juicy episode. And we've got some really important sponsors who have made it possible for this edition to even happen. And I've got some really good news. It's Organifi. Now, Organifi in the past has given any listener to The Shaleen Show a 15% discount. But guess what? They love you guys. You've just been showing up and I so appreciate you for that. And so do they, and they are putting their money where their mouth is and now giving you 20% off all products. Go to Organifi.com forward slash Shaleen and you now get 20% off. I'm going to spell Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, Organifi.com forward slash Shaleen. 
for your 20% off. As you know, I'm a big fan of Pure. That's what I take for my brain because it's got all the superfoods that help me to think more clearly. They boost memory. It's just great because it really does help to improve the neurogenesis. And that's what helps us to create new brain cells. So that's what I take for my brain. And then I take immunity for, yeah, my immune system. It's got an antiviral and an antifungal. That's also really important because, you know, a large part of the population has Epstein-Barr virus. Yeah. And if that's you, you should be taking an antiviral too. Everybody should be taking something that boosts their immune system. They've got incredible products. And I'm so proud now that we get 20% off. Again, it's Organifi.com forward slash Shaleen. Their products are delicious. They're clinically tested, proven 100% organic, and you can trust Organifi.com forward slash Shaleen, 20% off. All right, now let's get to it. So as I mentioned, I did an episode on this, on Build Your Tribe. You can listen to that. I'll put a link to it right at the top of our show notes. And then I wrote a newsletter about this. By the way, are you guys on my newsletter? Once a week, I send out a, I call it the snapshot, and I just send an email kind of breaking down what it is I'm thinking about and kind of elaborating on some of the topics that we talk about here on The Shaleen Show. But I also often, if we're doing like a special or any kind of a sale or special giveaways, etc., you're going to find that in Snapshot. So you can get on that by just going to my website. Just go to my website and sign up for the newsletter. But I talked about it there. And as I mentioned in that newsletter last Friday, I want to state the same spoiler alert right now. And that is to say, what I'm about to talk about is not the influencer or the famous person or the controversy or the drama that you think it is, because everybody thinks that I'm talking about the drama or the controversy or the cancellation of the person that they're thinking about. But what you don't understand is that this is happening freaking everywhere. It's your favorite blogger, your favorite YouTuber. It's a specific influencer. You name it. It's Meghan Markle. It's Shane Dawson. It's the body positivity movement. It's the body acceptance movement. It's the diet culture. It's Mr. Potato Head. It's Khloe Kardashian's photo that's edited or not edited. Did you see that post that so-and-so did that? And the people who are outraged because we can tell who they voted for or this person who is wearing a mask and this person who's telling us that we shouldn't wear a mask and this person who's getting vaccinated and these YouTube influencers who are using their child and This person who adopted to gain notoriety and the anti-personal development, the anti-motivational speakers, the anti-MLM people, the endless amount of drama around YouTube makeup artists, trans activism, journalism, Twitch users, popular TikTok influencers, controversial vloggers, people on reality TV. What am I talking about? I'm talking about this insatiable hunger that we have for bringing down other people and rushing to judgment and to cancel people or punish people or or maybe to collectively, quote, hold somebody accountable or create change. I mean, some of this stuff is valid. Sometimes people do things that are hurtful, uninformed. And in some cases, we might be talking about someone who's a predator, a criminal, or whose actions might truly incite violence and be more than just hurtful. They could be deadly. So to be perfectly clear, I am in no way, shape, or form defending someone or anyone in particular. I am not coming down hard on the people who come down hard on those people. I'm not coming down hard on the anti-whoever's. I'm not coming down hard on those of us who have an opinion about other people. 
what I want to bring awareness to and what I want to have discussion with you about today is just this this overwhelming trend to be consumed with looking for these things and to spend so much of our time worrying about what other people are doing and and worse yet, often rushing to a judgment because we've heard so many people saying that this or that is true, that we therefore believe it is true. And then you hear it being touted or regurgitated or explained to other people and passed along as though it were fact. And oftentimes, I know for myself, I haven't done any research. I've just heard it and I'll caught myself saying, oh, yeah, so-and-so said this, or this person is a fill in the blank. And I've just, I'm calling myself out on it and realizing that, why am I doing this? I don't have the facts oftentimes. I'm assuming something's a fact because so many people are saying it or because there's a preponderance of YouTube videos that are coming out to say the same thing about this particular person or because everybody's talking about it on social media. So therefore, it must be true. And we're just destroying people without really coming to our own conclusions and our own conclusions by doing the research. And then in some of these instances, why do we even care? Like, does it even impact us? In many cases, it doesn't. But we've decided to be offended, up in arms, to cancel, to punish, to label people without thought about whether or not there are any facts involved and have we looked at them and does it impact us? And am I offended by this or should I be offended by this or should I look a little further and does it really make sense that I have a public opinion upon this? And if I really do want to see change, wouldn't the right thing be to reach out to that person, if that makes sense? Not in all situations. Certainly there are situations where change, progress, which we need, which has been really good, happens only because people are publicly held accountable. But man, I just wonder, looking at the incredible increase in the number of suicides that we're seeing, and especially how this is impacting the younger generation. Listen, I'm 52 years old. Feel free to cancel me. You know what I'm saying? Like, go for it. I know who I am. I know what I believe. And I know who matters. And who matters to me is God and my family in that order. And everyone else matters, but not nearly as much. And I'm not going to worry about, I can't worry about people labeling me this or that because I have to be authentic. I have to be true to who I am. And I know who I am, regardless of how somebody labels me in a negative review on my podcast app, or regardless of something someone says to me under my last Instagram post or in a DM, or how they, how someone else may have perceived my words based on their own experience. Like I literally, I know who I am. And so I think you just get to a certain age where you're not worried about that so much. But I got to tell you, when we look at the impact that this is having on 30-somethings, 20-somethings, and teenagers, it's really becoming a huge problem. Younger people have grown up. Now, I don't know if I'm talking to you specifically, if you're in that age group, if you're a, a millennial or younger, you have grown up in an era where anyone could be famous. The girl next door, the guy next door, you can start a YouTube channel, you can be a little kid playing with toys, and you can become infinitely famous. You can get a reality TV show, and before you know it, become a billionaire selling lip kits. The opportunities to become, quote unquote, famous, to be someone because of social media are pretty exciting, and it's alluring. 
There's this belief that I can get on TikTok and I can make the right dances and I can become a multimillionaire. And there's a whole generation, the younger we get, that they believe this to be true and because it is true. It's a really very real possibility. I mean, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people every single week who rise to the notoriety of millions simply because they had a TikTok video or a YouTube video go viral or an Instagram post or a Facebook post. My point is the younger generations, they see that and that's exciting. But at the same time, the other thing that they see is these individuals who rise to a certain level of notoriety. You can call it fame, whatever. We often see those same individuals get destroyed, get canceled, or worse, commit suicide. I mentioned this in my Build Your Tribe episode earlier this month. A gal by the name of Lee McMillan, gosh, I hope I'm saying her name correctly, but she was a, a YouTuber who kind of YouTubed with her boyfriend about van life. Now, if you're not familiar with that, there's a very popular trend of people who kind of buck society's normal rules and like, you know, trying to buy the expensive house and instead decide to take a van and convert it into their home and travel the United States or Australia or wherever. It's called van life. And so there are channels about converting vans, channels about homeschooling your kids, channels about visiting exotic places. Like the whole van life movement, especially on YouTube and on Instagram, has really taken off. You know, it's literally all the social media platforms, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. But this particular influencer got a lot of grief. You know, once you have any kind of notoriety, and I can tell you this because I've got, you know, I don't know, over a million followers on Facebook and 700,000 or close to it on Instagram. Well, between all my accounts, a couple of million on on Instagram. But, you know, once you get over like 10,000, people start seeing you as not a person. And they can say the meanest, cruelest things. I can take it. I understand that. I get it. I recognize that oftentimes it's someone who's hurting. It's not really about me. And oftentimes they don't even mean what they're saying, but they're trying to get a reaction from me or they're trying to get a response from me or they're just trying to make themselves feel better. So it rolls off my back. Sometimes they're so mean that they're almost comical. Very, 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 very rarely has it ever truly bothered me. And when it has truly bothered me, it's probably because there was some kernel of truth to it, right? But 999 times out of 1,000, it's a positive comment. And that one comment, negative comment maybe out of 1,000, isn't going to stick with me all day, isn't going to make me censor who I am or what I say or what I'm doing. Like, And if it does make me question my own motives or my behavior, to me, like that's probably a good thing. And I'm not going to let it destroy me. If anything, it's going to make me better. But I've been doing this a really, really, really long time. I've been in the public eye for a really long time. I've had millions and millions of people download my exercise videos, and some people absolutely hate them, and they return them with like scathing reviews of how much they hate you. And you know, you just get thick skin for that. But I think there's this whole generation of people who, number one, aren't prepared to wake up one day and suddenly they have half a million new followers because they posted one unexpected viral TikTok video and now they've got millions of followers and those millions of followers, if you have millions of people following you, a small percentage of those people are going to make it a hobby to just have an opinion about you and share it with you publicly or publicly shame you or publicly 
say really mean and ruthless things to you. And that's exactly what happened to this young woman. And she wasn't prepared for it. Apparently, based on the reports from her family, she was already experiencing some anxiety and depression and the pressures of this YouTube channel. And I don't know the particulars of it. I just want to honor her life. And I hope that by creating this podcast, we can do just that for the many social media influencers in particular, especially young ones and YouTubers and you know people who've risen to fame on Twitch and TikTok who have taken their lives because they weren't ready for this. They weren't ready for it. She committed suicide by stepping in front of a train. Can you imagine? Suicide is such a complicated thing. And I have such uh, empathy for anyone who's had a loved one who's committed suicide. And we certainly can't think that any of these people who have committed suicide after being attacked or publicly shamed or bullied or called out or even held accountable in social media, we can't assume that was the only thing that happened. You have to assume that there was probably an underlying depression or anxiety. When someone commits suicide, it's really common for people to say, why did they do that? Like as if you could point to one thing and you can't. But what we do know is that when people are in a fragile state and we just keep piling on them, it just can become too much for them. The pain is too much to bear. This trend is becoming more of a pandemic than the pandemic. I'm going to link to an article on this subject so you can take a look at it yourself, but it is believed that almost 32% of teens and young adults meet the criteria for an anxiety disorder. Young adults right now are filled with fear that they're going to say or do the wrong thing and be destroyed, even if they don't have any fame. They all believe at some point it could accidentally happen, you know, that surprise viral video, and then they rise to fame and notoriety, and this thing that they did on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook is going to come back and destroy them. And, and there's so much fear and panic in them that they're going to say and do the wrong thing. So what can you do instead of that? If you're worried about people coming for you, the easiest thing to do is to go on the defensive and look for problems and mistakes and failures and missteps of other people. That's a great way to make sure no one's paying attention to you. If we are busy pulling the weeds out of other people's backyards, then we don't have to worry about the fact that we're not being productive pulling weeds in our own backyard, which very much I think, and this is my own take on it. It's just me been thinking about it and thinking about it and wondering why every time I used to open up YouTube and I would get fitness tutorials and cooking tutorials and, you know, like I could learn things. And now every time I open up YouTube, it pops up these, you know, popular or trending videos and the trending videos are all drama videos or anti this videos or you know, the calling out of this person or the apology video from that person. There's so many. Just type in apology video on YouTube and you can see these people who, who've gone away, people who are making millions and had risen to fame almost accidentally. And then, you know, the mob comes for them, maybe rightfully so. Who knows? I'm not going to look into it. I'm just not. But I see that it's becoming ever more popular on anything you could possibly think of. I'm not talking about race. I'm not talking about the Me Too movement. I'm talking about 
YouTubers who, you know, said the wrong thing or they're being called out for giving their dog up for adoption or like just these crazy things. And again, I'm not here to defend any of them, nor am I here to take them down because I don't know the facts and I'm not willing to allow the fact that there are 55 videos telling me that I need to believe this person is a fraud or that this company is a fraud or that this person is problematic or that that guy is a predator. Like just because there's a preponderance of videos and other people calling somebody out or trying to take them down, I have to remember for myself, I'm like really just talking to myself right now and hopefully some of you can resonate with this. I'm allowing the preponderance of social media videos or call out videos or people attacking someone. I'm, I'm allowing that to just shape my opinion on people I've never met and I know nothing about it. And I've just caught myself enough times thinking that that was true about somebody just by reading the title of a video or by having somebody share a piece of content with me on Instagram. And I, I just get enough of them where I'm like, oh, well, that must be true about that person. Because all these other popular people who I know are saying the very same thing, or because there's so many videos saying that this is true about this person, therefore, I'm allowing the mob, I'm allowing this group mentality to shape my opinion kind of the way I did in high school. And you know what I'm really worried about? I'm really worried that we are losing our ability to trust our own tuition and form our own opinions. It's as if we're afraid to have our own opinion because it might be the wrong opinion in social media. So therefore, we look to see like, what is the most popular opinion? Are we supposed to like this person or are we supposed to hate them? And I'll let all the other people tell me what I'm supposed to feel or what I'm supposed to say. And then that's who I'll align with. The people who I I want them to like me. I'm going to just adopt whatever they say about this person or adopt whatever they say about this movement or I'm going to adopt their beliefs and I'm going to use their language. There's no gray. We've lost the ability to have a middle ground. We've lost the ability to share our own opinion because we're afraid to. I'm afraid to. I mean, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm saying I've got to figure this out. There are things I refuse to talk about in social media because I don't need everybody coming for me and not because I need everybody to like me. That's not it. That's not why I'm afraid for people to like everybody to come and cancel me. I don't want to be canceled because I've got a lot of great things I can share and I can help people. I can help a lot of people. And I don't want that opportunity to be taken away from me because I've used the wrong word, because I didn't know that that is no longer popular to say, or because I liked a tweet from someone five years ago who has since been considered canceled or problematic. And there's no room for grace or apologizing. I mean, when you see people come out and apologize. Now, again, listen, you will 1000% be able to come up with someone right now in your head. And you probably are. Like, Shaleen, if you're referring to so-and-so, they are problematic and their apology was not good. Like, Whoever it is you think I'm talking about, you're wrong. Just go on YouTube and type in apology video. There are probably over a hundred of them that have over 10 million views. But whenever somebody does apologize publicly to their following or the people that were offended, they still end up going away. Do we really want them to change? Do we really want them to see their wrong ways? Or are we just consumed with punishing people? destroying them, seeing them fall. I know you're not. I know 
you're a positive person. That's why you listen to the show. So like I, I'm kind of preaching to the choir. However, I'm saying this from my own personal experience. Even though I would, I'm saying I would never want to see somebody destroyed or fall, there is this human nature, the side of us that can't look away like in a car accident. Like when you see that there's a horrific accident on the freeway and the ambulances are there or worse, you know, the the corners there, you might say a little prayer and think about the families, but you're also going to like crean your neck and like look backwards over your shoulder and tell whoever's driving to slow down so you can get a good look at it. Like that is just human nature. And I think there's a couple of reasons why we do that. And the same reasons why we do that when we drive past a horrible car accident is the reason why, even though you would never maybe like publicly tear somebody down where you don't actually know the facts and you haven't been hurt by this thing, we still want to see it. That's a natural response. And here's my take on it. You spent all this time with me to explain why I think this is happening and what we can do about it. First, it's in our biology. From our early tribal days, we would get together and we would talk about things. We would talk about things that happened as a family, as a group, as a tribe to kind of make sense of things so that we could create standards and norms and ethics and morality and and beliefs of what was acceptable and what was unacceptable. It's how we process things. It's how we kept each other safe. It's how we passed along information so that we could survive. It was a survival technique. And it's part of our biology. It's one of the reasons why we do better. We thrive when we're in a community, when we're around other people. And it's one of the reasons why we don't thrive when we're locked in our homes away from people who are different from us, away from other people, away from other people's opinions. And we have had that taken away from us. You know, COVID and the pandemic with us all being like kind of locked away and introverted, we're no longer in groups and meeting at the water cooler to say like, yeah, what do you think about this? And we can make sense of other people and we can kind of form our own opinions and we can decide for ourselves and get information from people who we really value their judgment and their opinions. And we can form our own decisions, but we we don't have that. That's been really taken away. And, and so that's number one. And then number two is this whole experience has been very stressful and created a lot of anxiety and a lot of time to look in the mirror, which is uncomfortable. So if we're not feeling good because we're locked away and we don't have community, if we're not feeling good because there's extra stress and other responsibilities and it's just becoming tiresome and exhausting and people are have lost family members and livelihoods and and the threats are very real and it's very scary and that creates a lot of anxiety and pain. And what can we do about that? Well, it doesn't feel good. So we want to do something that makes us feel good. And even if for a moment we're looking at somebody else's nightmare online, for a moment, it distracts us from feeling our own pain. It distracts us from the work we have to do. And then, especially so, if we look at what someone else has done or someone else has said, and we can think to ourselves, man, I would never do that. That's a horrible person, or that person needs to be called out, or that person needs to be held accountable. They're horrible. I would never do that. That, for a moment, makes us feel a lot better about ourselves, even if you're not piling on the punishment or the shame or passing it along, even if you're not you know, tearing this person down in the comments, in the public comments under their posts, you can still feel for a moment. I mean, I know I've done it. A thousand percent I've done it. A thousand percent I thought, 
wow, that person really messed up. And then I think to myself, well, not surprised, not surprised at all. I knew they had this coming. They were a little too full of themselves. And I've caught myself having these like really righteous, well, at least I'm better than them kind of thoughts, like almost like, well, they had it coming, which is such a horrible thing because I don't know. I don't know the circumstances. What I'm basing that on is reading the comments or seeing how many you know, videos have been made about this particular drama, and I don't know the facts. It's not right for me to draw my own conclusions and to punish this person even in my mind when, frankly, I don't know, and especially when it doesn't have anything to do with me. It doesn't have any impact on me. Like, how does it impact me if one makeup artist stole the idea for a palette from another makeup artist? And why have I just spent two hours watching these drama videos, which might seem like really juvenile, but in the crosshairs, in the crossfire, is someone who was maybe employing hundreds of other people, and now it's all gone. So people's lives have been destroyed, and in great part because we just pass the stuff along, and we look at it as a pastime, as a hobby, as something to soothe ourselves and distract ourselves from our own pain. So I'm going to vow that if it does not have anything to do with me, it's none of my business and I don't even need to get to the bottom of it. If it does have something that impacts me or I think impacts society in a way that I need to be involved in, then I have a responsibility to do my own research, to take the time that I need to understand it, to think through it, to get more information, to process it. And if I truly want to make a change, I'm going to think about the best way to do that. And I rarely think that destroying another person's life is the best way to get someone to change. Here's another thing I'm not going to do. And this may be very unpopular, and I'm sure there will be people who come for me over this, but I'm just going to be very honest with you so you know. My silence doesn't mean that I'm condoning anything. It likely means it doesn't relate to me, or it means I am doing the research. I am doing my own investigation. I am processing. I am looking at history. I am looking at the facts. I am not allowing the mob to tell me I have to respond or have a conclusion within 30 minutes of finding out a news story. I mean, like, that's where we've gotten to this place where if somebody's done something that is, has offended, the left or the right or the middle or a particular group of people, and you have some kind of a following or a community, people will come at you in your DMs. And you guys, this happens to me every single day. And they'll say, are you going to respond to this? I don't even know what it is. Are you going to respond? Because if you don't respond, then your silence is violence or your silence is condoning this person. Or if you don't use your platform to take a public stance or to keep people informed on this or to address this, then you're condoning it. But number one, I don't even know the facts. And number two, I'm not here to tell people how to think. That's I've never, ever believed that I can tell you what to do with your life or how to think. And I hope that you've listened to enough shows. I hope that I've evolved enough as a person to understand that every single one of us is different. What is right for you isn't right for me. What is right for me might not be right for you. I don't know your situation. I don't know your history. I don't know what does offend you. I don't know your traumas. I don't know what makes you happy. I don't know what brings you joy. I don't know those things. And it's not fair for me to prescribe them to you. And it's never been 
my position to be a thought leader or quote unquote an influencer. Although I recognize that there is great responsibility in the influence that I have, but I always want to tell people you need to think for yourself. We need to go back to the place where we can form our own opinions and still love each other, where I can sit down with you and you are an atheist. You can help me understand how you got to be there and I can still love you. I don't need to convince you or condone you or cancel you or or hate on you. I can just try to understand you. That makes us a better person. We have to get back to a place, I personally think, where there's more than one opinion that's right. I mean, a friend of mine posted yesterday a picture of themselves holding up their little vaccination card. And it was crazy to read, like, as I'm sure you can imagine, just there's either people who were like, this is amazing. We need more people to do that. And then the other people are like, this is horrible. And I mean, just crazy how black and white our thinking is that there's one answer, one decision on everything, whether we're talking about, and I don't want to put vaccinations or COVID or any, any of that. I'm just saying in general, why do we believe that we've got to force only our opinion is the right opinion and that only the research that we're reading is the real research and that only the science that we've read is the good science and that only the documentary we watched is the right documentary and to forget that all of these things are loaded with biases everything that you read every newspaper article every scientific study that's one thing i've really learned in the last couple of years is every scientific study was conducted by a human and every human has a bias every organization has a bias has an agenda why is it we're not allowed to have our own opinions? And, and why does everything have to be public? Why do we have to make a public statement about everything? Why do we have to force people to think the same way that we do? What happened to freedom of thought? We say we want to be authentic. We say we want to be real. We want to be unique. We want to be our own person, yet we're afraid to form and share our own opinions because you can't have one. You have to have the opinion that's most popular or you could be canceled today. And that has become the trend. To be honest, after the George Floyd murder, that's when things were really confusing for me. I did not think for myself at all. To be completely honest, there was no time to formulate an opinion, to think through what I was feeling and what my friends might be feeling and to have conversations. Everybody was saying, you have to say something, but if you say the wrong thing, your intent won't be looked at. Your words will be picked apart. I felt that. I remember waking up that day when everybody posted the black square and thinking like, okay, I guess I'm supposed to post a black square, but I, I didn't even know what it meant or where it came from. And then suddenly like everyone was saying, you know, attacking the people who had posted the black square and, you know, why are you doing that? And do you even know what that means? And no one had time to know what it meant. But if you weren't responding quickly, then there was just so many people coming at you saying like, why aren't you doing this? Or why are you doing that? And, and is this performative? And I'm in no way, shape or form trying to make this about me or like, oh, wow, it was so hard. I mean, no, I'm just saying I didn't know, nor did I have time to understand what was going on, to take in the impact of it, to reach out to the people who I need to reach out to. It was just a really confusing time. And I am raising my hand right now and saying, I really did look on social media to say, what am I supposed to say? How can I show up and not do more damage? There was no opportunity in that moment to really 
stop and take a look around and figure out what I needed to say and to whom. And there were so many conversations to be had and there was so much expectation placed on anyone who had a social media following. But those people who have a social media community like myself, I also have a community of real friends and real family members who I need to talk to them and they need to talk to me and they need to process things. And it just got so muddy and complicated. And I'm just being honest and telling you, like, I didn't know what to post. I didn't know what to say. And normally I wouldn't filter myself. I wouldn't censor myself. I would just speak from the heart and speak with authenticity. I mean, I did. And I had a lot of podcasts during that time. Like, And those podcasts are, are still up and available. And I've done so much learning since that time. But like, there are things I said in those podcasts, those early podcasts, like right after George Floyd's death, that today I realize are considered, quote, problematic. I mean, one of the very first interviews that I did, I I said repeatedly, like, you know, I'm not a racist. Like, I'm not a racist. And I've been told countless times by people who listen to that episode that the mere fact that I said that means that I have white fragility and that I was raised in a time, in an era, where we were told the most loving and accepting thing to be was loving and accepting of everyone and not to see people as different and not to see people's skin color. Since that time, I've learned that's part of the problem. And I understand that. But I, I still, to this day, stand firmly in the statement that I'm not a racist. But yet I know that there are those who will argue because I'm white, because I would say I'm not a racist, means that I don't get it and that therefore I am. I'm, I'm part of the white supremacy. I'm part of the problem. I respect that someone can have that opinion. And I would just hope that I could sit in the room with another intelligent adult and we could have a conversation about this and not hate each other and not try to destroy each other and not ask our collective communities to come and attack each other or validate my opinion so that your opinion is wrong. I just wish we could sit together and lovingly understand each other instead of tearing each other down or declaring we hate someone or denouncing someone because they have a different opinion and different life experiences. And you can have an opinion contrary to that, and I can still love you. And we should be able to sit in a room and discuss why I feel that way and why you feel that way and still hold admiration and respect and space for each other. It was a learning process for me, and I did that publicly. I mean, here on the podcast, that felt like the right place for me to do that is on my podcast, but in my social media, like, I'm not an activist or a political thinker or even somebody who I consider a thought leader or, or even an influencer. I help people make their own lives a little easier for themselves by starting a business and getting themselves organized. And I love to help people who are easily distracted and who have ADHD and who feel like they're being pulled in a million different directions. And that's what I do. And, and I try to stay in that lane. But here on the show, I talk about like all the things that I'm going through and and I was going through that. And I think since that time, I've realized we should all choose our words carefully. I want to learn more about language that's upsetting to other people. And I want to learn how I can be less offensive, but not censor myself. I want to think through things. And, and I wish we could get back to a place where we actually valued dissenting opinions and we could hear them. Because I know this, any great society 
any great company, any great community, any great family has to hear all the voices. I mean, if you've ever met someone who was raised in a household where there was one way and one way only, and you couldn't have a voice, you couldn't have an opinion, you couldn't question anything, you meet someone who's filled with resentment and anger, and they were never allowed to have a voice. And I, I feel like collectively, that's what we're doing, where now there's these divisions in our society where it's the left or the right or you're on this side of an argument or that side of an argument and there's no middle ground. There's no gray. We're not willing to like listen to each other and, and just hear each other out without judging, punishing, canceling, dismissing and labeling each other. And that trend is scary. It's really scary for our next couple of generations because even if you believe otherwise, your fear, the anxiety, especially in these younger generations, that people are going to destroy you, that fear is very real because we see it every single freaking day. You can just slap a label on somebody and walk away and then watch, oh, I don't know, 10,000 people come along and reinforce and perpetuate and promote that label, whether it's true or not. Like just for a moment, imagine if this were to happen to you, if tomorrow you woke up and there were tens of thousands of people, just imagine for a second, tens of thousands of people making YouTube videos about the fact that you are a vile narcissist because of something that you said to a friend and you said this thing, but it's been taken now out of context and misinterpreted perhaps and your intent has been missed, but it doesn't matter. Because everyone, like literally you just woke up and is your face and your friends are calling you and they're like, yeah, people got this audio recording of something you said on a phone call and now everyone is saying that you are the most vile woman on the planet and you need to make an apology video. And so you make this apology video, but now there's tens of thousands of people have already formed their own opinion and found a way to be hurt by what it was you didn't say to them, but you said to somebody else and and it's taken on a life of its own. And now your apology will never be good enough because you're not actually apologizing to people that you actually hurt because these people who are hurt were hurt by something else in their past. And, and I'm just making up this hypothetical example, but imagine what that would feel like to then have to live with that label forever. And you could never go back to your job. You, you've been fired. You've been terminated from your job now. And you've had to make this apology video. And now it's so uncomfortable for the rest of your family that your husband's considering leaving you because he's getting grief at work and his, your kids are being teased and tormented. And all of this has just been taken out of context. And the reason why people are coming for you is because you had a really big YouTube channel or you were super popular in TikTok. Like just for a moment, imagine what that would feel like. Even if you realize what you said in that phone call was was inappropriate or you, you've learned from it, you've grown from it, you've seen the errors of your ways. It doesn't matter. The damage has been done and it can be incredibly traumatic. Now, I'm happy to say thus far, this hasn't happened to me, but I got a pretty big following and I've got a podcast where I don't script things. I'm not reading from a script. I'm, I'm just speaking off the cuff. And let me tell you, there's been plenty of times where the podcast comes out and I'm like, oh my gosh, why didn't I edit that part out? I sound so dumb or like, I mean, there's so many times I've said things. I'm like, that's really stupid. Or I've gone back and listened to an episode I recorded five or six years ago. And I think, wow, has my thinking really evolved? Having said that, I should probably just anticipate that at some point 
the mob is going to come for me. I've done something wrong. I'm going to have offended somebody. I mean, so I should probably just continue to anticipate that and I'll be okay if that happens. But what I'm worried about, the reason why I made this episode is because I'm worried about where we're headed, that we're losing our authenticity, that we're allowing group mentality to decide what is right, what is wrong, what's acceptable, and that we're no longer thinking on our own. We're no longer allowing people grace. And that are we really trying to have people be accountable? Because don't get me wrong, I think there's a lot of like super important progress that's been made in many of these areas before it got like out of control, right? Like I, I think the Me Too movement and the fact that you're just seeing so much more inclusivity happening in marketing and advertising and, and everything because of the Black Lives Matter movement, like there's so much progress that's been made. And I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about the trend of wanting to see people fall and fail. I want to see progress. I don't want to see people's lives destroyed. So I brought this conversation up with my good friend, Dr. Michaela, and she pointed out something that I thought was pretty interesting, that her community of psychologists and psychiatrists have noticed that this trend has become incredibly prevalent amongst millennials and Gen Z. Now, Gen Z is considered like pretty much everyone who's younger than 24 years old and younger. Those are our Gen Zs. Pretty interesting. Very interesting. So that I thought, hmm. And sure enough, I went on YouTube and when I look at the trending videos, yep, especially like the drama channels, the anti-this, anti-that channels, the channels where the person who is the host of the channel, their claim to fame is just picking apart and destroying other people or whatever. They're millennials and Gen Z. Kind of interesting. So what is that? I don't know, but I'm worried about them. I'm worried because where do you go from there? How do you evolve? How do you find purpose and value in your life if every day you wake up and you look for the wrongdoings, missteps, and failures of other people so that you can bring them to light and quote unquote protect other people from this horrible person and as if we're not smart enough to figure these things out on our own, to draw our own conclusions? I don't know. I'm worried because I know for a fact, even if I was justified in sharing negative information about someone to elevate myself or just to make myself feel better, I never felt better about myself. I always felt worse after the fact. I have to imagine there's a lot of anxiety and depression and sadness from those folks who that's what they're focused on. They're focused on finding fault and drama and errors and missteps and failures. And they've got a schedule. If you're going to succeed as a content creator, you've got to produce new content every single week on a regularly scheduled basis, which means you have to constantly be looking for people's failures and missteps and mistakes and controversies. And I just cannot imagine my life just waking up every day looking for other people's faults in the name of protecting others. Wow, this has been a long one. So where do we go from here? I don't know. I can tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not looking at those videos anymore. I realize my own culpability. I realize that even if I'm watching a video that has nothing to do with me and I'm not commenting on it, but I, I'm spending time watching those videos, that I'm adding to it, that I count as a view, and that creates popularity, and that creates more attention, and it draws more 
negative energy to the destruction of someone who I don't know. My goal is to, instead of looking for other people's faults or even taking a moment of joy, or not even joy, but just like distracting myself with other people's dilemmas and problems and missteps and failures, that I need to place more focus on myself. I need to be accountable. I need to be responsible for being a better person that I have to spend more time looking for great things to say about other people, that I need to look for opportunities because I listen to so many great podcasts. I look at so many phenomenal posts on Instagram that inspire me and motivate me, and I double tap and I move on. I need to take the time to let that person know how proud I am of what they're doing and how inspired I am and how moving their work is. And I I need to practice that more often. And ladies, we are the worst at doing this of all. Like we get so caught up in looking for each other's faults because we often don't feel like we're enough. But it feels so much better to get a compliment from a stranger. It feels so much better to give a compliment to another We have to start thinking for ourselves and spending a lot less time examining social media before we decide what we should say and what we should post and what our opinion should be. I think we have to stop looking for victims. We have to stop trying to be victims and we have to start looking for things that are uplifting. It's exhausting to continually find things that we are offended by that other people have done. And that just because someone you follow has a particular opinion doesn't mean that has to be your opinion. It doesn't mean you have to agree with them. And it doesn't mean that if you disagree with them, that you have to hate them or cancel them or discount everything that they've ever said. You can't expect everyone to agree with your beliefs and for everybody in the world to share the exact same beliefs. Like we have to have our own opinions. That's how we're authentic. That's how we grow. That's how we become better. And lastly, I want to give you permission to say nothing, to keep your opinions to yourself and share them with your true community of friends and the people who really do matter with you. I want to give you permission to take the time to investigate further and to listen to podcasters you wouldn't normally listen to and to listen to people have a contrary opinion to yours and and to not immediately decide right or wrong, but to just sit with it and to think about it and to process it and to allow your mind to open, to grow. And you're already an agent of change. You're already somebody who loves to be better and to grow. And that's how we grow. I hope this episode has been helpful to you in some way. I tell you what, it's been super helpful to me just making sense of all this, like throughout the week, just really examining my own wrongdoings and how this has become kind of addictive for all of us and what I can do different and what I can do better and how important it is for us each to have our own voice and our own opinion and to be authentic and to hold space for each other and to be a lot kinder and to just stop it. Like if you're on that negative TikTok cycle, if you're getting hate videos on YouTube, if you're looking at that stuff on Instagram, like just stop yourself, just in your tracks, look for an opportunity to find something great about someone else and let them know. I love you. I mean it. I'll talk to you soon. 